Big Queer Wrestling Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Hope Spot Clothing Company. Hope Spot are a brand that look to celebrate more inclusive world in professional wrestling, with money from each purchase being donated to a variety of different causes. Listeners to the podcast now receive 10% off using the promo code BQWPOD over at HopeSpotCC.com. Hello and welcome to the Big Queer Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Joshua. Today I'm joined by a man that you may know as the Inquisitor, or you may know as one half of Health and Safety, Alex Connors. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, we start off nice and simple, but it might sound a lot deeper than it's meant to be. Who is Alex Connors? Well, it's a good question. Alex Connors is a British independent wrestler with a emphasis on the British style. And right now, Alex Connors is either a uh, big fan of health and safety and making the wrestling world safer or he's a big fan of the inquisition and uh, torturing the bad examples of the world once again to make the world safer so it all goes back weirdly to safety in very different ways um yeah yeah how did it all how did it all begin where did where did alex connor's originate well uh this but not a lot of people do i started wrestling a very long time ago uh, i started training back in 2007 um at wrestle leicester which was run by robbie brookside and he's obviously pretty well known now as an nxt trainer and he was a real big emphasis on the british style and the technical side of wrestling so when i started to develop my character a little bit later on i wanted to really emphasize what i was good at and take away the things that I wasn't so good at. And that British style tends to come with grounding high flyers and uh, taking away the more extreme moments that the crowd really love. So it gets a lot of heat and uh, the crowd tend to hate it, but it really suits my style of wrestling. So I really try to use that in my character as well. Nice. So you started in 2007. Uh, Was it always a plan or was it... Like, were you always a fan that was like, I'm going to be a wrestler, or was it just one day you're like, I want to hobby and I'll try this and it's stuck? What what got you there? Yeah, yeah, that's another good question because uh, I probably didn't have the same journey as most people because I wasn't a wrestling fan when I was a kid. Uh, not that I didn't like it, I just literally didn't watch it. Uh, I didn't watch any wrestling until I was at least a teenager. Uh, I never experienced the reveal of it not being real, I always knew when I started watching. And we'd moved around as a family. I'd become a big fan in my teens, but when we moved to a new place, I wanted to start to get to know new people, and I wanted to do it in something I was really passionate about. So uh, wrestling ticked both those boxes, and I decided just to attend the closest school possible. And I really wanted to make sure I could do something and, uh, you know, be on shows and be in front of crowds and make my small impact in the world. But I never wanted to do it as a full-time job. It seemed like quite a battering full-time job. I just wanted to make sure I could make my mark on the industry that I really love. Nice. So, yeah, it was a social aspect and a... And a yeah. Yeah, it's quite a different yeah, route to it. Uh yeah, because now you you you're a big fan. Like you collect wrestling DVDs and everything like that. What got you into it? Sort of. Yeah, later my on? house is absolutely full. Um, if anyone has ever been to my house, I know you have. 
but anyone can tell you that wall to wall is covered in wrestling DVDs. Uh, the last count was well over 2,000, but that count was quite a long time ago. So I would expect I'm maybe up to about 4,000. I think the more I grew up with wrestling, the more I appreciated it. Um, actually coming to it with a more adult mindset, I really saw how incredible the storytelling was that you had these people who were athletic, but they were comedic, they had great timing, they told great stories all on the fly, and it was something that anyone from around the world could watch because you don't really need to uh, speak the language to know what's happening. So I thought it was the best sport and show I'd ever seen. Yeah. Was it just some... So you say you got into it later on, like teenage years, which is the same as me, to be fair, but a very different route. What got you into it at that point? Was it just it was on TV and it got you hooked, or is there a... Yeah, so I didn't know anything about it at all. None of my friends were really into it. And even now, most of my friends in wrestling, the rest of my friends that I meet outside of wrestling aren't huge wrestling fans. Um, there's not much of a crossover. But when I first watched it, I was absolutely hooked by the anything-could-happen mentality. Apologies if you can hear sirens. I live opposite the police station, if nobody knows that. So I was absolutely hooked by the anything-could-happen mentality because the first show I watched, which I remember really vividly, was an episode of Heat. So not a big show. And on that episode, Edge and Christian and the Hardys were both trying to rearrange the show so they didn't have to fight Taz. And I absolutely was hooked on the storyline. In one hour, I got basically a whole narrative, and I wanted to see what happened yeah. next week. Oh, nice. So you got into it later on, which means you were probably... I normally ask people that are around our age if they were WCW or WWE, but I feel like you started after WCW. Yeah, I, I probably caught the final few shows even when I was only just getting into it so not really a fan uh yeah my main watching they'd both already passed and i love going back because of the dvd collecting i've seen loads uh, since but i don't have any strong feelings either way because the war had stopped by the time i was a fan yeah fair so back onto your wrestling you started in 2007 there was obviously you're still going now but there was a break in between yeah so whenever i i look at like my cage match it says 15 years experience or something and I do feel a bit guilty about that because I wrestled for about four or five years back then uh, almost predominantly for Wrestle Leicester uh, which was Brookside School at the time uh, and then I had to complete my education I moved around I wanted to travel uh, I opened my own business for a while and I moved down to Norwich and I did still want to wrestle but being self-employed was so difficult so I did go to WAW I met the Knights and I was training with uh, Robin the Bull for a bit, but I couldn't dedicate myself to it. And wrestling needs to be dedicated to if you're going to get anything out of it. Yeah. Uh, I really couldn't commit to any schedule or any weekends. So I gave up for about four or five years. And in 2017, I moved back to the Midlands. I got a regular nine till five job where I could guarantee my evenings and weekends were free. And I started wrestling again. Yeah. And then you've been going since and yeah most people know we tend to travel to a lot of shows together because we're based around the same area we even train at the same places so i can't get rid of you um <laughs> so the ex the original four or five years um what what did you do 
I know that's a really broad question, but is there things that stick out in the original when you originally started? Because I know you've got some cool opponents, which is what I'm trying to get you to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, in my first four or five years, it was um, it was pretty incredible and very different because uh, Wrestle Leicester and Brookside School was made for getting people into the big leagues. He really didn't care about how many independent bookings we'd got. He cared about getting people ready to go for WWE mostly or maybe New Japan. And because of that, it meant we had people come to the school and wrestlers on our shows that Robbie had a big influence over. I got to wrestle people like James Mason. Uh, we had Daniel Bryan uh, or Brian Danielson at the time and now uh, Nigel McGuinness. And they would all come in and they would teach us a session and they'd wrestle in our little tiny academy shows in front of I don't know, 20 or 30 people, and yet you'd have... I mean, he was a big name back then, Brian Danielson. It's not just a megastar now. That would probably be the smallest crowd he'd ever see. Um, so, yeah, it was wild. And we did travel a bit when uh, UK tours came from WWE. We got to go backstage, help out with those shows, and I met Randy Orton, William Regal, Cody Rhodes back then. And so it really felt like that was our main goal, but... For me, it wasn't the main goal because I didn't want to do it every week. So yeah, I ended up tailing off a little bit. As a teenager, though, it was pretty incredible to be in the VIP of the uh, WWE backstage and just listen to William Regal and notice that how much I had this aura of, of William Regal. So did everybody else. Drew McIntyre, Cody yeah. Rhodes, Ted DiBiase Jr. They were all there quietly sitting and listening to uh, William Regal get a little bit more drunk and tell some crazy stories so that was a really really great night nice yeah i just wanted to make sure that you brought up the stuff that you did because like obviously <laughs> i know about it but not a lot of people do so you had the break you did a lot of stuff between that you had a successful business you sold that and then you sort of settled into a new job that was karma and you came back to wrestling, did you come back with a different mindset or was it the same as before as you don't want to do it as a every week thing, you just want to enjoy it? Um, I do think when I came back, I had even more of a, I want to get a creative outlet. Um, at Brookside, there was this incredible, pure wrestling format, but I didn't really think overly about my character work. Um, and you probably have, have realized that I really put a lot of thought and effort into my characters, and I'm usually one of the bigger characters on a show, uh, whether I'm doing health and safety or the Inquisitor or I'm teaming with somebody. Um, when I came back, I thought, I don't just want this to be a physical outlet to keep me fit. I want it to be a creative outlet as well. And I really poured my uh, heart and soul into customizing my characters and uh, making sure that I connected with the audience rather than just being a good wrestler. Nice. So I'm going to split this question up as well because you basically had two separate periods where you did very different things and I don't know if it will be applicable to the earlier bit. Um, if people were to look up your matches, which ones would you go, watch this one, I'm proud of this, this was good. Can you do that with the original five years because it was sort of, not before YouTube, obviously, but it was before, like, wrestlers were sort of putting everything out there. And yeah. if you can or can't, what about since you come back? 
Yeah, of the original five years, even I probably only have two, and that's on disc. Um, so, yeah, it's a real shame that a lot of those uh, matches never got filmed, never made it to any streaming service of any kind. Um, but since I've come back, uh, there's loads I can recommend. Um, and really, I like thinking of the different styles of matches that I've had, and I wanted to try different styles. So if people wanted to look up some of my work at Cov Pro, which is obviously where I started, uh, they have their on-demand service. And we did a big Attitude Era-style feud with Eli Connors, my uh, brother in the promotion, where we absolutely had interference left, right, and center. But at the same time, at New Star with Mad Dog Max, I had this pure technical 20-minute match that's available on YouTube if people want to see that. And so they're really different ends of the spectrum, and I really like that I got the chance to do that. Uh, anyone who's seen wrestling in Hinkley knows the uh, quality is really high there. And the last match I had there is one of my proudest ones with uh, Joey Scott, where he's a high flyer. And not only did I ground him for the whole match, but I didn't throw any strikes. I barely threw uh, any wrestling moves other than submissions and holds to counter his high flying. And I really like the contrasting style. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna counter that slightly and go. You didn't ground him that much because he did a top rope moonsault that looked mint. Well, yeah, he got away with high flying at the start and at the end, and that was my downfall. But in the middle, I managed to uh, keep him off his feet. And another one that's available on YouTube for just anyone to check out is me versus Kevin Isaac, who is someone I know really, really well. It was unfortunately before I got my new gear, so I do look pretty boring in a plain black singlet but it's a really uh characterful and emotional match for me so that's yeah. a really good one as well that i enjoy watching and it's a nice mix of everything that you do because you can do the the ground and the tech but health and safety as much as you still do the ground and the tech it's it throws someone else in because it's such a a unique thing because people hear yeah, health I, and I, safety i don't think they understand how how weird that character no, I, goes. I love that I can go to some shows and be treated as a really serious old school British wrestler and other shows I can go and be silly and comedy and get the crash mats out and the trip hazards and the wet floor signs and all the rest of it and really uh, get the crowd laughing and hating at the same time. Yeah, so who would you say has influenced all these variations? Because you do a lot of different stuff, but is there is there an influence? Because obviously you're more heavily into your British tech. Is there an influence to that? Yeah, I've, I've got a, quite a list of people who've really influenced me. Um, again, it probably falls in two different categories when I started and then later when I came back. Um, when I started, my two main influences were Raven as a character. He's the first person I remember thinking oh, this is my favourite wrestler, like, I really love this guy, for his character work, and he kept his matches simple, but they were always really compelling. Yeah. Even when he wrestled somebody like Goldberg, who not everyone could get a good match out of, or even if he was wrestling for a hardcore title in a nothing match, he made these compelling stories. And the other one would have been Alex Shelley, because he had this hybrid style that I still aspire to to, to this day. A lot of people will think that Technical wrestling is my specialty, and, and they'd be right. But I can really keep up with a fast-paced match. I can really go strong style. And Alex Shelley was the person who I looked up to the most as having a hybrid of all the styles. 
Um, since I came back, I tried to look into more world of sport. I really enjoyed watching Rollerball Rocco a lot, so I watched loads of his stuff. Uh, for the modern day technical style, Drew Gulak, and he can also be really silly. So when it comes to health and safety, he's probably one of the biggest influences. Uh, and the last one I'm just going to throw out there is Kagetsu, who retired recently from over in Stardom for having a real technical style that grounds people and really riles the crowd up. And I think she's probably really underrated when it comes to an influence. Yeah, because like, you watch a lot of different stuff that a lot of people wouldn't normally do. So I think it opens your eyes a bit more. With the Alex Shelley one, I think that's a thing for people around our age group. So we're mid to late 20s. <laughs> and I think if you speak to a lot of people, he Alex Shelley is brought up. It's uh, part of the reason you and TJ Sky bonded quite well. Because of that yeah, initial... Yeah, definitely. Um, Alex Shelley is, is the main thing me and TJ spoke about the first few times that I saw him. Yeah. And I think Alex Shelley captures everyone's attention because no matter what you like, he can do it. Uh, and most people know him for these fast-paced tag team matches. And I think Motor City Machine Guns completely revamped the tag team division where they were, and probably around the whole world, because these really quick, well-timed tag moves, not just a combination move, but a timing move, uh, they were probably the first people to make that really popular. But before then, he was doing hardcore matches with Jimmy Jacobs that are some of the most brutal I've ever seen. Or he was going and doing really technical matches with uh, Brian Kendrick. It's one of the best ones I've ever seen at uh, It All Begins. Or with Christopher Daniels over in uh, Zero One. So he had this real technical, different style. And then he got high-flying and fast, and he can do it all. Yeah, 100%. And even now, because he's been going, it must be 20 years. Even now he can still oh, do it. Yeah. And I think he just, like everyone else you said is, Great choice as well. Like Drew Gulak's massively, in my opinion, massively underrated. Because as much as he's signed with one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world, you don't see a lot of him or. Yeah. Like, not enough of him. But, yeah, it's like a really good list. <laughs> um, and you can see how it reflects in what you do for people that get to see you wrestle. So, it's like you said, you, you can do that match where you don't throw any strikes. And that's something that Gulak can do, but it's something that Shelley can do, but they can also kick the shit out of people as well. So it's it's finding that happy medium, and I think you do that quite a lot, annoyingly. Um, yeah, it's a good list of influences. I don't know what else to add to that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll add one more, actually, just because yeah? I, I feel like I should have missed them off. But a big influence in 2017... Uh, you, you'll know when I first came back, my character was the president and had an American tinge to it. Uh, yes. Jamie Noble, who wrestled this real roughhouse style, they wanted, when I came back, a roughhouse American style that wasn't my style. I actually felt in 2017, when I first came back, um, that I was being asked to do a lot of things that didn't play into my strengths. Um, and even though I got quite good at them, Jamie Noble was probably one of the reasons that I got quite good at them, because he makes technical look rough. Yeah, no, I agree with that. He he was really good. <laughs> it's a shame he sort of had to retire early. I think he could have still yeah. gone a couple of years if he hadn't have got hurt. So, quite a few people know that follow your stuff that you've gone through quite a big change since lockdown ended. Uh, you went yeah. from working a regular show to sort of 
spreading your wings a bit more and getting out there. And for the people that keep up with what you do, like obviously I do because we travel about together, you've you've got about quite a lot. You've worked for a lot of promotions that you hadn't for before. You hadn't before lockdown. You've worked really hard. You've been doing a lot of seminars, a lot of training. What's the plan going forward? Um, so I do have a couple of uh, big goals this year. And I do think it's uh, important for people to realise um, that for me this is a it's a whole fresh new take, like you've just said, um, for those who don't know the story. So I obviously came back in 2017 and I wrestled for a promotion called CPW really regularly. They run one or two shows a week at the time. And I was wrestling maybe twice on those shows. I had a mass character as well. And only of August last year, uh, due to a few things from their end, um, I didn't leave on the worst terms. I know a lot of people who've left there have left on the worst terms. I didn't. I left amicably, but I would say that they uh, rubbed me up the wrong way to cause me to leave amicably. I wanted to push myself onto the next level, and I wanted to try new places and new things, and rather than just being insular in this one crowd over and over again. So since August last year, I've probably wrestled for seven new promotions with another couple coming up already in the books. And my main two goals were, number one, to run and help out train newer people. Because I do feel like I've got a lot of uh, experience now since I've been around. And I wanted to make sure I could help and bring my style to places that don't have my style. Uh, you said that me and you train together. And yeah. what we'll find is me and you, because we've trained in a number of different places, maybe have a slightly different style to the rest of a school that we go to. Usually, we'll find that a lot of people in a school, and we, and we go to many, I'm not referring to any one specific, but a lot of people in a school will have the same style of their trainer or their you know regime. And me and you will maybe have more of a hybrid style, and we can actually bring that into a school. And my second goal was to win a championship belt somewhere new, because I won pretty much everything in the two major places that I'd been before. Um, but I'd been there for many, many years, so I wanted to try and win something in a different promotion, because it shows that somebody who's known me for only a year can see that I've got uh, all that experience and uh, potential and I'm a trustworthy source for great matches and I've got two or three opportunities at that in the upcoming months so I think that's not far off. Nice yeah so like we said we train together quite a bit and uh, I can't believe I'm doing this for him because he won't listen to this and he won't see that I'm bigging it up. We train at the Full Force Barracks in Leamington Spa and Joey Scott's fantastic and he takes us both out of our comfort zones because he's he can do everything but he's predominantly a I'd say a high flyer a high flyer that can kick your head in but a high flyer both of us are slightly bigger lads but he's got us to do them things he's got us doing as basic as it sounds up and overs he's got us moving more he's got us moving through the ropes he's but then he can back it up and he can teach you submissions and chain and all yeah. that other stuff. But then I, personally, I've been able to pick up chain from you. That one that I bring out nearly every match now where I sort of twist my own arm out of things, I picked up from you and Kev because you pick stuff up from everyone around you. 
I yeah. I learned to do that flip off top rope into the arm drag because someone else at training could do it called Louis, who's yeah, so a freak as athlete. As much as I really wanted to bring my style and be unique to all these different places, I knew full well that I wasn't the finished product just because I'd you know, moved on up from where I was before. And even though I was getting booked on a lot of places, I do think I was quite lucky because lockdown had come to an end. A lot of places were opening up. And as you know, lockdown sort of changed everything. A lot of people maybe didn't want to come back. A lot of rosters needed refreshing after lockdown. Yeah. So I sort of caught caught the wave. And every place that I got booked, I would get booked for somewhere else, plus I'd stay on that show. But if I maybe come out at a different time, it wouldn't quite be the same. Um, so I, I was very lucky, but I knew I wasn't complete. So I wanted to get to loads of different places. I've started training two or three times a week in different places. But the first place that I went to was Full Force because it improved my agility. It t- taught the thing that I was maybe not the strongest at to really round out my game. And now, some of the things that I can do now that I couldn't have done this time last year, yeah. um, I wouldn't have been able to guess. And that's definitely thanks to Joey Scott. I'm just going to throw in as well, because all I ever do on this podcast is slag TJ Sky. But I'm going to throw in as well that I trained with him out of the barracks as well, under New Breed and under Wrestling Hinkley. And, like, you're a big part of Wrestling Hinkley, and you know how good TJ is. So, between them two, plus the other places that you're currently training, like the Kamikaze training unit, and um, where's that based? Cause... Yeah, so Ka- Kamikaze is in the uh, centre of, of Birmingham. Uh, it's really good for the cardio, and it's really good for some sound technical wrestling. But also, it's probably the best place I've been to train for the indie style that will be expected on the British independent scene, yeah. where you can really learn how to build a match, including uh, you know false finishes and um, how to get the crowd up and down and peak and trough. They really understand match structure. Um, so those are the two things that I've gone to there and been blown away by. Yeah. But yeah, a huge, massive uh, shout out to TJ who helped both of us when we were newly, well, when I was newly back and you were newly in. Yeah, um, and he's someone who's always been able to provide opportunities, but also see what's good in people and that classic Paul Heyman-esque booking of seeing what you're good at and getting you to accentuate yeah. your positive. And of all three of them training schools, whether it's Full Force, Cami, or Newbreed slash Hinkley, they all offer similar things, but they all offer different things as well. So it benefits to go to all three. Like, there's loads of schools around the place. Unfortunately, it's not possible to get to all of them, and like, but might as well put over the three that we have experience with and that we've benefited from. Yeah. And, um, and a shout out to the uh, seminars we've been doing down at 8BW as well. Yeah, um, very true. really good so far. I know we can't get there regularly because it's just too far, but the seminars have been quality. Yeah. And for anyone who is listening who isn't a wrestler but is considering it or is really, really new, just training in lots of different places will help you realise what you're good at and find your specific style. Because everywhere you go, you will be told this is the way to do it, this is the way to do each kind of move. And there'll be a lot of differing opinions. But the best thing to do is go to everywhere, keep going, take on as much as possible and find out which one works for you. A hundred percent. And just to add to the APW one, um, Luke Basham has given a lot of people opportunities this year. And just this year alone, he had the uh, formerly known as Alexander Wolf, which I'm saying because I can't actually say his current name. And Axel Tisha. That's the one. 
who was amazing and really helpful. Um, and then in the coming weeks, we'll get the opportunity to train under Eric Young because Luke Basham is putting it forward to try and benefit not just his trainees because they have a training school in Telford, but also the people that are on his shows. He gives the opportunity to train with these incredible people. So I think we've been very lucky in the last six to eight months to have the opportunities to work in these places and train with these people. So, yeah. God, we're being yeah, nice about people. Especially TJ, I didn't think you'd uh, ever stoop that low. It's fine, it's being edited out. <laughs> um, yeah, so my last big question is three people that you think people should be looking at. Whether it's a YouTube search, uh, Powered 4TV, their personal on-demand services, their Instagrams. Who do you think people are not necessarily not noticing, but haven't had the opportunity to see? Yeah, so I've got three names. Oh, um, for people, people can't see this, but he's got a list, he's prepared. Yeah, I have. And I did, uh, I know already you don't like people... Uh, naming people they're too close to or their friends because it does happen a lot. So I'm not going to officially name, but I will shout out what an improved wrestler you are since 2017 when I came back. In terms of my list of awards of the people I know, most improved would definitely go to Jason Joshua. Um, so your training regularly has definitely helped. But I've got a list prepared because I know this is your favorite question and it always comes up at the end. Um, the first one is probably the most predictable one from me um, because he's a young guy who I really like. I've feuded with him and I travel with him a lot. It's going to be... Yeah, George Lydon. George Lydon. Yeah. Yeah, I can see you knew that that was coming. Um, yeah, I think George, he has always... I mean, the first time I ever met him, he was a referee um, and he was still really passionate then and he works so hard, he's so athletic and he's finally, in my opinion managed to piece together everything with his charisma, um, which wasn't always there when he first started, and now he's got the whole package. So he's the number one to watch. I, I um, hate him, but it's out of pure jealousy. <laughs> yeah, he does things that we know we're never going to be able to do, like, and he's still so young. It was, it was insane. The one thing that always comes to my mind is we were at training, and I can't remember who said it. It might, might have been Sweet Stee. They just said, oh, go on then, do a backflip. And George, that had never done one before, went, all right, yeah. and did a standing backflip. Like it was nothing, and I hate him. But I don't, because I think he's amazing. Uh, he's not on my list, but uh, big shout-out to Sweet Steve getting a mention. He's someone who, even though he's predominantly known for being a ref, he does help me introduce to new people and show me shows that I never knew existed. He probably was one of my biggest helps to get out there afterwards. So He's also a, a really, him. really good wrestler. Yeah, yeah, underrated. That's what I'm saying. 100%. Most people know him as a, as a ref, but yeah. he's a very underrated wrestler But as if well. you say this to his face, we'll tell you to shut up. He's, he's uh, a very, yeah. very good wrestler. Biggest issue. Yeah. Okay, very number good two, though, on my people to watch Yes. is somebody you've had on this podcast before and somebody who I don't really know, but the one time I shared the ring with him, I thought he was excellent, and that is... Uh, Woody Anderson, who was at the Wrestling and Hinkley Rumble and APW, which are the only two shows I think we've shared. But both times, we had a, a lot to do in the Rumble, and he was really on the ball, really athletic, 
really enthusiastic. Just one of those people who brings the energy into the locker room and makes the show much more enjoyable. We're supposed to be having fun. It is yeah. a hobby as much as it's a career or a job for some people. So I feel like he's one of those people who brings the locker room up and I really enjoyed even just having goofy moments with him in that rumble. So he's a big shout out because he's really athletic. He's really uh, strong as well. So yeah. it's not just that he's got this attitude. He has, again, the complete package. Yeah, good human. He's big. But then he can go in and do a springboard moonsault. Is, yeah, and embarrass all of us. Yeah. Um, but he's like a legitimate... He's got to be at least six foot one. And I think that's me being nasty about his yeah, heart, to I be honest. Yeah, I think he might be bigger. Yeah. I, th- I think he did discuss it on your last podcast, didn't he? I lose track of this stuff. But yeah, he's a tall he lad said, that... He said he wasn't tall. You were short, if I remember last yeah, time. So it he, was a while ago. He is he's very tall, but he can move. And he's just a nice human to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your and number so, three? My number three is going to be um, somebody that you're not going to expect. And most people won't have heard of at all. And so that's why I thought oh, is it this TJ was Scott? the time to say it. Um, because he's going to be somebody who's only had a couple of matches, not got a lot of exposure anywhere, and I don't think you'll have ever seen him wrestle, but my number three pick is Jackson Staxon. Um, he's somebody who started training um, with me when I was running training sessions over at Cov, and then he had to move away, and he moved to Gloucester, and he's now wrestling for Evolution Wrestling, and again, he's only just made his debut there, but as a student, he was one of the hardest working, but he's also absolutely dedicated to the gym and the fitness he is so strong so big he's got if anything uh bigger than woody anderson build and athleticism uh, and yet he's dedicated to learning everything that he does so it only takes him one night of learning a move and he will keep at it until he's got it so the few matches that i saw him have were amazing and now that he's moved away and he's trying something new i'm really glad he's stuck in the business and i think over at evolution wrestling which is a long way from us he will actually do really, really well there. And hopefully then we'll start to see him around the rest of the country. Yeah. Nice. I think that's a really good three choices. And it was great as well because you had three choices and no one ever has three choices. Um, <laughs> that's everything, Connor. Oh, Alex Connors. Oh, I'm going to have to edit that now. Oh, I probably still won't. Um, that's everything. The last thing I ask is can people find you on social media? And this will be going out on, uh, I've planned, so you know, I know. This will be going out on the 6th of April. So where can people find you show-wise after the 6th of April? Sure thing. So um, my social media, the best one, the one I keep up to date, unfortunately, and I know a lot of people have said this, that it's hard to stay on top of Twitter. So my best one is my Facebook page, Alex Connors. I put everything on there, show posters, promos, uh, anything that I'm doing or any merch. I always throw that up there. Uh, A big shout out to your sponsor as well, Hopespot, who uh, are really good sponsors to have, and they're really good merch as well. So I'm often seen hovering around a Hopespot merch table. And in terms of the upcoming bookings, um, firstly, I'd just like to uh, shout out myself because I've just come off eight straight weekends of wrestling, which is a first for me. 
that's my most in a row, so I'm very pleased with it. Nice. Uh, in terms of April, when this will be going out, uh, Wrestling in Hinkley will be on the 16th if you're near there. Uh, New Star Pro Wrestling will be on the 10th, and Full Force on the 29th. So any of those three in April will all be really big shows. I'm hoping to get a few more, but those three I'll definitely be at, and they're three shows that I absolutely love. Nice. So people know where to find you on social media. People know your shows that are coming up. Thank you for being a part of my podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I'm never releasing this, but yeah. Um, Thank you for everyone (laughs) that's listened. Have a nice day.